1: Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of leading conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now, here's your host, Cheryl Esposito.
2: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, we have with us a very special guest, Bobby Deporter. She is the chairman and president of Quantum Learning Network. She's author of multiple books, including Quantum Success and The Eight Keys of Excellence Principles to Live By. Bobby, welcome to the show. Thank you,
3: Cheryl. Great to be here. It's great to have you here. So, where are you today? I'm in our office today in Oceanside, California. Oh, are nice you happy home? <laughs> oh, I bet it is. Are you having a nice sunny day? Yeah, we are, and we've had a very cloudy summer, so it is um nice to have the sunshine. All right, wonderful. So, Bobby, we uh had
2: the um opportunity to see each other a couple of weeks ago and I got to learn a whole lot more about what you're up to. Um, I am very excited to be able to share this with our listeners. Um, I, I really want you to talk a lot about um, your latest project, the Excellence Effect, and also want to talk a bit about um, how you even got here. So let's start there. You know, you um, many years ago were interested
3: in how success happens. Why did you care about that? It's how it makes you feel. You know, as I was growing up, there were so many times where I felt less than or not good enough or um, always searching for something that people knew more or were better than myself. Mm. And even though I was doing, you know, good in school, but there was always that thought pattern. And when that shifts for me, it's like, why didn't I learn this earlier,
2: <laughs> you know, mm.
3: of really, uh, really owning who you are and finding a voice, you know, through all of our programs. it's mm-hmm. So much of it is about um, knowing what you think and then finding your voice and speak up. So that mm-hmm. was a lot of it, and just knowing that there are some things that, that can help and wanting to get it out to more people.
2: Right. You know, it's interesting, I think, that um, the concept of learning this um, still, it's still new to people. It's more um, viewed as, oh, well, you know, you should have self-confidence. It's all about self-confidence, or it's all about the way um, you should think about yourself. And, in
3: fact, you can teach people to have self-confidence, and you're, you're showing that. And then when we teach it to people... They usually say, why didn't anybody teach this to me before, especially, you know, it's like, (laughs) well, no, duh, you know, if we thought of it, we would, it it makes a big difference.
2: So, you know, I know that you are um, a big advocate of of moving this kind of teaching into schools. Talk a little bit about um, your perspective on our current educational system and how, um, what you are advocating could blend or fit with
3: what's happening today? That learning is so exciting, and, you know, being curious and learning is one of the most exciting things in the world, and to go into so many classrooms and see that a lot of kids are looking at it as dull and boring, or that there's so much drill or other things that Mm. are going on in our classrooms... Sometimes when we're we do a lot of uh, teacher training, administrator training, and go into the schools, and we also have a lot of research. But I like to say, walk into a classroom, you know, and if kids yeah. are sitting up, if they're engaged, if they're talking to each other, they're raising their hand, you know, that there's learning going on. And teachers, for teachers, to say, you know, that they're more joyful about learning because that's the way they started out, and with all this you know, regulations and mm-hmm. things that are going on and teaching to the test, that it's taken a lot of the joy out of the, our classrooms and learning, and that's what we, we're about is making that shift so that kids are excited about themselves and learning and teachers are joyful about teaching. Well, you have to have both, don't you? You do. And, of course, they lead into each other, too, but the the teacher is is instrumental. I mean, it, the teacher is the single most important Aspect in the classroom for what kind of learning is going on, I mean there was the biggest research study I think that was ever done. It was six million kids over eight years, mm-hmm. and it came down to the teacher, the quality of the teacher as the single indicator of a child 's success
2: so that 's so powerful that 's a powerful knowing
3: and yet you know
2: there 's so much resistance um, to Measuring outcome or teacher credentialing, etc., for um
3: maintaining their role as teachers, there's so much resistance to that. Mm-hmm. And teachers want to do good, and they want this in their classroom, and they start off that way, but often they don't have the specific skills. They'll tell us all the time, I want this outcome, but I, I don't know how to get it. So, again, having teachers have specific strategies to get the outcome, and then you teach students a lot about themselves because people like to learn about themselves and what kind of learner there are and just the concept that people learn differently you know a lot of kids they'll struggle with something and they then they label themselves if not someone else they'll say you know i'm stupid or i can't learn this and then you know their shoulders go over and down and they it spirals down and just to know that wow people learn differently and then when you learn strategies of how you learn best and apply it and get successes. Mm -hmm. We have something we call mini-success moments. You know, when it's orchestrated, that they have these moments of breakthrough and, wow, I learned this, I did this, and they amaze themselves, and then it gives them the inner motivation to want to raise their hand, ask questions, and do more, and then it starts spiraling up. Well, and some of that,
2: I imagine requires them even recognizing these many success moments and believing they had something to do with it and not simply, oops, that was an accident.
3: I'm not really like that. Yes, and seeing. You know, giving them material at our super camp, which is our youth program, one of the first things we do is a memory exercise, and they'll learn Mm -hmm. something, like the periodic table, and they don't even know they're learning it. You know, we get them involved in these different strategies and games and stories, and then all of a sudden when they realize what they learned, it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, that's when they're (laughs) calling home to parents and saying, look what I can do. That's great. So it's not just your typical
2: memorization, which, of course, most of us remember. We remember no, the memorization. We
3: may not remember what we memorized, but we no. remember the process. No. And, you know, we're always going after core content where you know, or concepts, so they really get the meaning mm-hmm. and the concept behind it, and then they have memorized anchors within that so that they can hold it. And then when they learn new information, they can plug right into it and associate with it because, you know, learning is about actually creating concepts pictures, connections in your mind. When kids are just listening to a teacher, you know, it could be wah, wah, wah from the front of the room (laughs) Mm -hmm. and sequential, and it's just going down. And if they aren't making connections, if they aren't making pictures in their mind like a movie going on and getting the big picture of, you know, how they can use it, you know, they're not learning. Right. Well, Bobby, have you always been in this field For a long time, you know, this is our 30, we're going into our 30th year where we started with Supercamp and before that I was working with adults and had a business school which was a six-week program at that time for entrepreneurs and that's really where I got interested in how people learn because we had adults and we were teaching them and in this situation we'd ask them a question and we were just noticing how many tensed up or stop breathing, you know, when they had to speak in front of the room. And then I learned of a man by the name of Dr. Georgi Lozanov from Bulgaria, who's considered the originator of accelerated learning methods. And it was in the late 70s, and we actually got him out of the country, which was not easy to do at that time, oh, wow. out of Bulgaria. And he was in my home for three weeks, and that was the turning point of everything else I was doing in my life because We applied his methods to the business school, and all of a sudden the adults were finding learning joyful. They were making connections. They were excited about what they were learning, and then they said, we've got to do something for our kids. So then we started doing a program called Super Camp for Kids, and then the results were getting with kids' school saying you've got to do something for us. So it works. The key thing is it works, and then people get excited about themselves and learning, and that's how it's spread. Hmm. It sounds like you've got yourself excited about learning that I process. Know. <laughs> I <love> to learn. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. So you've mentioned supercamp. Um, I know that this is about learning life skills, um, And you've created this program. I, I believe you have touched more than 50,000 students around the world.
3: Uh, so talk a bit about Supercamp itself. Well, SuperCamp is a 7- to 10-day residential program that we hold on university campuses across the U.S., and we're also in 12 other countries. And it's where kids come to learn how to learn and learn about themselves and life skills. So we we teach them how, how to be more effective learners it's how to learn. It's not about subject matter. And these are lifelong learners. You know, we're already on second generation, so we have parents who are using the skills that are now sending their kids. Okay. So we know that the skills laugh, but it's how to be a more effective reader, writer, thinker, speaker, note taker, memorizer. And we also then look at the life skills of communication, relationship, and really looking at looking at their values and how they're leading their lives. Mm. And when you Start talking with kids and you get them reflecting, you know, you see how deep they're thinking and feeling and what they want and, you know, to make of their life and their dreams and looking at what they value and then how they'll show that to the world. It, it's mm. pretty uh, amazing listening to them.
2: Oh, I bet it is. It must be so rewarding. Mm-hmm.
3: We get hooked, I think, when we, <laughs> when we see the kids and and somewhere during the program, there's a shift. And I know that happens for all of us when we're learning new things. or we get into a program, I always say, okay, I'm going in, but who am I going to be when I walk back out again? Mm-hmm. And I start learning things about myself and then start applying things. And it's somewhere there's a shift with Super Camp. Sometimes parents will say, well, where does that shift happen during the 10 days? And it's not about that. It's different for right. everyone. But but that's what it's about is is coming in with in one place, and then learning, integrating, reflecting, and then looking to see who you are now.
2: Well, and what we know about change is that sometimes when a person experiences change in behavior or beliefs and they go back into their environment that is not always
3: supported there, Mm -hmm. how do you account for that? Because of the change you're making, you might not be fitting with the same friends or the same people around you. And people look at that. You know, we were doing, um, we have uh, our E Keys of Excellence, and there was a key talk that was looking at integrity and what you value. And the kids were looking at, well, what is the cost of living what you value? Mm. And depending on where they are and what their situation is, it could cost them friends or it could cost them time, or, you know, their patterns change. But it changes Mm -hmm. for the better so that you keep upgrading yourself. We had a staff person once who, um, because in addition to the teachers that we hire, we hire college students um, who work at the program. Mm -hmm. And one college student, I never forget this uh, girl, is... Um, She said, you know, she had a group of friends, and she was very comfortable, very comfortable with her friends. And then she was attracted to Super Camp, and it's like, okay, I'm learning about the values held super camp and the eight keys of excellence and she said I'll live those for the summer okay I'll live those for the summer and model them for the kids and then when I, I'm done I'll go back to the, uh, university and be back with my friends and she wrote me a letter in the fall and she said you ruined me <laughs> I cannot not live them and I cannot not go back to uh, the group of friends I had because they really were not positive role models for me it was safe but it wasn't positive, and so she developed a new group of friends, but I love getting an email saying, you ruined me. Do you teach kids about that
2: part? I mean, do you say this is a possibility and teach them how to manage
3: or navigate that when they get back? Yes, it's really looking at their values and lining up and, and attributes and who they are and thinking about, you know, their current friends, and it's not like All kids have to find new friends. There's a lot of good friends and activities in there. But really looking at who they are and who they want to be in the world and being so proud of that. And I know you use the word courage a lot as well, and it's having that courage to be who you are and having people see it. And then when you look at your values, There's a lot that you can look at in school. Oftentimes we say there's clubs that might align with who you are, and, of course, in Mm -hmm. clubs there's an adult advisor and just different ways to get in with different groups of people that match your values and how much more fun to live your life when you're with people that are a reflection of your values and who Mm -hmm. you are and hold you to your highest. Mm
2: -hmm. So I'm wondering how you... Can take this concept and utilize it with adults.
3: You know, we actually started with adults, which is interesting right. because it went from adults down to students and then back into schools and administration and back up again. But with adults, it's all of us are lifelong learners, and I think it's just having that mindset and living ourselves and making sure, you know, that we're a model that we want to show our kids in the world. of of who we are and waking up to be our best. You know, before our feet hit the ground on the floor when we get out of bed in the morning is really having a mindset about how we want to be and come across an interaction because we have such an influence on others. I know when I come to the office in the morning, I put my hand on the front door, and there's a check-in for myself when I put my hand on the front door. It's like, what's my attitude? And if I'm in a meeting where there's a stuck point or we're not getting through it, I think about how am I being? What questions am I asking? How am I responding and acknowledging others so that there's a shift in the mood in the room? And, and you have, can have that influence and see it happen.
2: Mm. Well, you have said in the past that there is an excellence deficit and that we need to do something about that. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about that. We'll be right back.
1: We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. consulting developing leaders worldwide
4: get ready for straight talk live with tanya walker From the worlds of business, entertainment, health, and politics, enjoy intimate interviews and spirited roundtable discussions with Tanya's guest experts and friends. Tanya may be best known for her Emmy-nominated role as Alex from ABC TV's One Life to Live, but she's also an award-winning film and Broadway producer with a passion for straight, honest journalism. So don't miss Straight Talk Live with Tanya Walker, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: We appreciate you joining our Leading Conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl.
2: Welcome back to Leading Conversations. We're speaking with Bobby DePorter this morning, author of Eight Keys of Excellence, Principles to Live By, and several other books, including Quantum Success, So, Bobby, we've been speaking about um, some of the programs that um, you have initiated, founded, very successfully implemented around the world, SuperCamp being one of them. You base some of this on the concept that um, excellence is a requirement and that we as a world are experiencing an excellence deficit. Mm
3: -hmm. Tell us what you mean by that. Well, when we look at the percentages and numbers out there, they're really appalling that the alcohol use, the drug use in our schools, I mean, even at a young age, they say that 30% of kids in eighth grade are using alcohol or have had alcohol, and that uh, bullying, just the behavior of bullying, they say that 160,000 kids stay home from school every day to avoid bullying and that 60% of kids witness it every single day, and I'm around kids a lot, you know, at our programs, and I asked them, I said, does this make sense to you? Is this in your reality? And kids across the board are saying yes, they're seeing, you know, that type of behavior, and that it really spawns in you. We have to do something about that. Mm -hmm. Um, We teach kids what we call the eight keys of excellence, and it's coming from a place of excellence, and Again, when we teach kids this, they'll say, why didn't anybody teach this to me before? And what we're about is creating a core, you know, because a core inside of the essence of the person, because if we don't specifically teach it, it's from their surroundings. It's from not only in school with poor behavior, but poor role models, celebrity role models. There's all kinds of poor mm-hmm. role models that are out there, and they'll take that into their, themselves, their core But if we teach them about excellence and create this core, and again, this place of excellence can take courage to come by. When you make it strong, that's where they'll, you know, it becomes automated and Mm habituated. Because Mm -hmm. everyone has this primal need to fit in, to be accepted. And so what we want to do is create a core that will counter back that need to be accepted, to Hmm. be who you are. And here's the surprise. When kids are themselves, their authentic self, their real self, and they let themselves shine out and they have a core of excellence inside, you know that kids respond to it. They have Mm -hmm. more friends, and they have real friends. That's what we hear so Mm -hmm. much is, now I have real friends where I can be myself and I feel Mm -hmm. so much better about myself. Well, and they must feel so much safer. Mm -hmm. They do feel safer. That's a big part of it. I don't know if I mentioned to you that um, there is a there's been a show on TV called The Bachelorette, and the star of that show is named Allie, and she had there were 25 um, bachelors that were in, and then she picked the one at the end. And one thing that Allie did all through was just be her authentic self. And it turns out that she worked at Supercamp for many, many years. Is she really? Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> and so a couple of weeks ago, it was about a week, mm-hmm. uh, ten days before the final show, she showed up at our Stanford Supercamp. She just walked in and she said, Supercamp made such a difference for me, but she we gotta have her on tape doing this as well. And it's now on her home page. But she was up in right. front of the kids and she said, You know, paparazzi is six feet deep around me every place I go you know I've had a camera in my face for everything I've said she said not everyone likes my decisions but she said you know what I learned at Supercamp? she said I learned to be myself my authentic self and that's what I carried in and she said when I am myself when I'm my authentic self I'm safe no matter where I am and that's what she told the kids and to get it from her who's been so overexposed I mean she's on the cover of many magazines this week and to be that overexposed and she said I can just be myself and I feel safe and I've heard it from so many people and people that don't even know she has a connection to SuperCam Mm -hmm. say one thing about her she showed integrity she Mm -hmm. showed grace she showed being authentic all the way through the series it never you know uh, put her down and she said that's where she got her core and that's where she learned to be herself and how well, and i would say that's it. that's pretty unusual for that show yes i know it put a whole different spin who on it with her, her. <laughs> it did
2: that's fantastic well what a you know, what a testimony to you know the work that you're doing and the power and the lasting impact of this experience for for people who go through this um, for her to say, and I'm sure you've heard this from many other people who have had the experience over time, but for her to say, you know, it was because of that that I'm who I am today, uh-huh. um, you know, and that affects everything she does,
3: that's quite a testimony. It is, and I get back to that solid core that you mm-hmm. develop. And when you have that core inside of feeling secure to be yourself, mm-hmm. and then Knowing who you are, so you know your opinions, you know your thinking, you know what you value, and then ha- that gives you the courage to open your mouth and speak. I would say it's finding your voice mm-hmm. and finding your place in the world and speaking right. your voice. Right. People respond to that. You know, um, I know that you have um,
2: eight keys of excellence. Yes. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, you know, there are so many self-help, eight
3: ways to, ten ways to just be this. What makes this different? First of all, they, we created them over 25 years ago, and they s- stick. They stick to kids, they stick to adults, and that's the feedback we're getting. They're not words on the wall. They're not like, okay, I'm reading all these attributes and I should be them. That they stick with kids, the message stick, and we teach them through story Mm -hmm. and kids creating their own story and acting it out and where do they show up. And they start speaking that language of them. Um, We're working with, well, we work with thousands of schools, but there's a middle school that's close to our office, and they've adopted the Eight Keys of Excellence school-wide. First of all, the assistant principal said that, you know, it's changed the culture to a more positive climate. But they have a peer mentoring group, and these are kids that, mentor other kids that have had an infraction or bad behavior or something that's gone on. And the principal told me, she said, the kids all on their own started using the eight, ki- eight keys of excellence to talk with kids and how can you live this key and what kind of support do you need. They were doing this all on their own. She was overhearing them and it's like they're, it creates a common language and they start using it and speaking through it and mm-hmm. it creates uh, awareness and commonality and really pride in who they are. You know, it goes beyond having rules that they have to follow.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's like when you know that the kids are taking ownership of it themselves and embodying it and speaking about it. um, That's what's happened. (laughs) So let's talk about these eight keys of excellence. Can you go through them with us? Yes. The first one is integrity. And integrity is about matching your behaviors to your values. So first of all, it's really knowing what you do value and be very clear about that, reflecting on your behavior, and then making sure that your behavior aligns with your values and congruent. And you can also ask yourself, you know, if you're going to do something, looking at your values, it gets to be, should I or shouldn't? You just know what you're Mm -hmm. going to do. And there's also the question of, what does your behavior say about you? You know, because what we do is so loud. <laughs> There's the quote out there, of what you're doing is so loud I can't hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying,
2: like, yeah. Loud. You know, and, and I know I've said this to you in the past, but um, as an executive coach I spend a lot of time with my clients, CEOs, senior leaders in major organizations around the world, teaching this concept, helping them understand that, they are integrity. Yes. Integrity is not words. They are it. And so if the behavior doesn't match the words, then, you know, that's what people see. And that then, you know, they can't develop trust. And it's fascinating to me how we have moved so far away from that in our world that
3: we now have to be teaching adults this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the yeah. shift, and there's just, again, a lot of the pride that comes when you are living it and you know that you're doing it, right,
2: feel right. better about yourself. Right, right. And so as that shift happens in an individual, whether it's um, one of the kids going through the super camp process or or an adult that you are teaching or an adult that you know we are coaching, um, it it shifts in a way that people who are engaging with them, feel it, mm-hmm. you know. And and I always find it interesting that the clients very often say, well, I'm not doing anything differently. I'm just me. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> uh-huh. <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> it does reflect. That's, it's a big mirror out there. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so integrity is, is vital in, in having that, you know be having people have be able to have a language around that is is beautiful.
3: So what's the next one? It's failure leads to success. So when when we think about it, of course, all the most successful people out there, are most of them have made the most mistakes. Mm. And it's having that courage again And excitement about learning that you want to try things and do things and jump into them and learn from them. It's not, oh, I made a mistake. It didn't come out right. It's, wow, what did I learn? I learned this. I learned that. And what can we do differently next time? And then we try again. And, wow, this time we learn these things. And it's really getting into That mindset, you know, society as a whole looks down on mistakes like it's a bad thing. So Mm -hmm. it's getting past that uh, fear of I'm going to look bad to I am learning and growing and and getting people excited again about learning. It's like this is so exciting. It's just what do we learn and go on to the next
2: and that absolutely does not exist in most organizations. Yeah. Um, and, and in our society, there isn't much room for that. I mean, look at the way we crucify people in the press um, when a mistake has been made. Yeah. Or, um, And and granted, some of the mistakes that are made are have huge impact on people's lives, and it's not that we should accept that, but how do we how do we get this to be um more than norm where we say okay this is horrific what did we learn and and
3: have that be an open conversation how do we get there you know Richard, we at supercamp ask three questions all the time it's like what happened what did you learn what will you do differently next time and if we had those three questions ingrained in our culture that everything happened Because people feel uncomfortable and people don't know what to say Mm. back. And Mm. so you sit there squirming and being uncomfortable and I'm embarrassed, I don't want to see people, versus just asking somebody, what happened? What did you learn? What will you do do differently next time? Then the person, it helps them move on versus being stuck in the feeling. And another is knowing that there's internal, external consequences, that the internal is that gut feeling, the anxiety in your stomach, you know, and and here's a big one is you have control over that. Yeah. You may not have control about what happened on the outside or something failed, but you always have control, 100% control on yourself and how you look and talk to yourself and how you feel inside. And that's huge. And What a safe place to be in if it was just external consequences. What happened? What do I need to do? I'll improve. I'll do it. And you and you always felt okay about yourself, you know. That's so freeing, right? Because the pain is how we look at ourselves, not anybody. What anybody else is doing.
2: Well, and that's true because you know, someone else is is um, talking down to us, or if someone else is criticizing us, you know, we can choose
3: to accept that as truth or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So you teach that. And and it's also kids, I've heard them say, I I choose not to accept that. We have a talk, a rejection talk, where somebody goes Mm -hmm. around and starts saying um, Mm -hmm. things to kids, and the kids will all of a sudden sit up and say, that's not me. I choose Mm -hmm. not to um, accept those words. That's not me. Mm -hmm. It's not me. And you can almost see them almost laughing. That's not me. I don't have to no, accept it. Great. Just because you think that, I don't have to. in just a mock situation, and for them to get that as well is so freeing. How empowering. hmm Wow. So our next, the next one, Speak with Good Purpose. And we rolled into that a little bit because it's um, the voice in the head and what you tell yourself, and when people say things to you is reframing it in your mind of what you choose to accept or not. But speaking with good purpose is about the intention of our words. When we think about the intention, that the intention is always to build people up and not tear them down. And uh, one of the things that Dr. Lozanoff, my mentor, had said was that there is no neutral. So think about that. Think about your choices in life, from your words to everything else. If you come from that place, there is no okay. There is no neutral. It's either positive or negative. It's either building people up or tearing them down. So how beautiful to think about every word you say has the intention of building myself and others up.
2: Hmm. hmm. That makes so much sense. We have five more to get through, and we're going to do that when we come back right after this break
0: for too
4: long up to date business and financial news call now and get the financial information you need 8664725790 8664725790 the experts are here voice america business network
1: We appreciate you joining our Leading Conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And
2: welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we're speaking with Bobby DePorter today. So, Bobby, we're in the middle of your explaining the eight T's of excellence that are the core of all the programs that you use. So we've talked about integrity, failure leads to success, and speak with good purpose.
3: What's number four? Number four is this is it, and it's making most of every moment. Being in present time, because that's where the power is. Um, it's focusing our attention on what we're doing in the moment, and so much gets done when we do that versus thinking about what I need to do next or what I didn't do. And you know that there's no fear in the present moment. There's only fear when we think about the future or we think about something from the past. Mm. So that's where the power is in the present moment. and. And making the most of every moment, and, and things don't change from the past. There's so much self-talk that goes on in the brain about, oh, I shouldn't have done that. What if I had done differently? Yes, we want to learn from it, but it's not beating ourselves up about what happened. And when we're in the, in the present moment, what can I do now differently? Mm-hmm. Um, it gives us a lot of energy around what we're doing, and we mm-hmm. feel good about ourselves.
2: Well, and, you know, the, so we have to speak with good purpose to ourselves,
3: too. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Intertwined with each other. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: This is it. I love
3: that. And what's the next one? It's commitment. And commitment is about looking, first of all, to see what's important to us and what we're going to commit to, and then doing whatever it takes to get there. I don't take commitment lightly. I don't give... Mm -hmm commitment to something that isn't really important to me. I might promise or um, other things, but commitment to me is where I really put a stake in the sand that I've crossed over and there's no going back. So I do whatever it takes because it's something very important, a big goal, something that's very important just to me personally, that I will do everything in my power. And so then it gets every time I make a step and if something's not working, there's no option of going back. Mm. It's um, what will I do differently for the next step, the next step. It's kind of like jumping out of an airplane. You know, you can't get back. So I really look to Mm. see what I'm making a commitment to in my life. And then these are things that drive me. I'm passionate about it. It's important to me. And then when I'm committed to that and I give it my 100% energy and I'm always taking the next step, it fills me up. It fills me up so I feel fulfilled inside and it feels good. And that's where I get to that place of doing whatever it takes to get there because there's other things that, yes, I may decide I want to do this and and put effort into it, but I'm not doing everything, you know, whatever it takes to get there because there could be... Um, you know, changes in my life. Hmm. Well, and that really speaks to um, the intention with which you make your
2: commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Don't say yes to things that you're really a no to.
3: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people have a list like that. Um, And then wonder why,
3: why didn't I do that? (laughs) Well, you weren't fully committed to it. If you were, it would have happened. That's right, that's Uh right, yeah. Teaching that at a very young age is... um,
2: I think, vital, because I think we have have a society that says, if your peers say it's something you should do, or if there's pressure from the group you're part of um, to say yes, then people say yes, and then um, that spiral down of feeling bad
3: about being out of integrity with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really it gets back to knowing who you are, mm-hmm. being so solid with who you are and what you value and mm-hmm. where you're going in life and what are your dreams, mm-hmm. what are you passionate about. Yeah. Then, then that leads to what you want to commit to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big, important one. And what's the next one? It's ownership. And ownership is about being responsible and accountable for all of our actions. You know, that there's no excuses, lay blame. It's um, all about being responsible for everything that happens in our life. It's not somebody else's fault. You know, it was because of this that that happened. And again, it's that point of power when you say, I am 100% responsible. Mm -hmm. And then when you're 100% responsible, you have control of yourself and the world. Mm -hmm. And people... Respect that and look to you differently, and it can spread to other people. We have something we call the line, and it's a line across. And the, the uh, term is, you ask people, where are you living? And when this is in the terminology, they know what I'm living, below the line or above the line. And below the line is where I deny and make excuses and um, quit you know, and above is about responsibility and choice and control and freedom and all those other things that are above the line. So, everything we do, we have schools that uh, a teacher in her classroom put tape up around halfway up the wall. And all she had to do, she didn't even have to say, where are you living? And somebody would do something and she'd just take her eyes and glance to the line and the student would <laughs> sit up, change her behavior, it's like, I got it, I got it. We've had these in homes that they've done. But in this particular school, with one and the two classrooms next door did it, and then it went to the whole school. They took blue painter, uh, painter's tape and put it around the school, mm. and now that school brought in a painter that actually painted a line around all the walls of the school. Mm. And so everywhere they go, it's like the kids The kids like it. They love that term, and I they bet. really understand it. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm choosing to live above the line because that's who I am.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a great visual you know some some of this is so simple and i think that's that's part of what um makes this so accessible for people i mean you know the idea are you living above the line below the line it, it that's not accusatory mm-hmm. that's not saying you know i mean i can just hear some teachers out of my past young lady, that is inappropriate, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, it was perfectly right for them to call me or call another kid out on things that weren't appropriate, and yet it was the tone and the approach was demeaning in some way. But mm-hmm. well, you felt
3: less about yourself, I'm sure, from that. You certainly didn't right. feel good about yourself sitting in a classroom and hearing that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I hear you say,
2: you know, where are you living, it's about what choice are you making. Yes. And so there isn't so much judgment in it. It's mm-hmm. about, you know, a
3: reminder of you have choice here. Yeah. yeah. It's all about them owning it and um, the decisions and I'm in control. Like you said, it's like they have a control of they made, maybe made a poor choice. Oh, but that was them making the poor choice, and they have the ability to make a positive choice next time. So they mm-hmm. feel very in control versus this person is always putting me down.
2: Hmm. Wow. This is such powerful work, Bobby.
3: I, I just want every kid in the world to have this. So, what's the next one? It's flexibility. And flexibility is willing to get off of what's not working and try another way there are times when we set out that this is the way, the only way and I have an ego attached on my way, whatever it is and we just doing things that aren't working, it's mm-hmm. being very aware of of what's going on and making a change, trying another way and um, you know there's this, the story of the chicken and the dog and there's a fence and the chicken is there's food on the other side, and the chicken just keeps pecking at the fence, trying to get through until its beak is bloody and it just won't move. Of course, the dog is running up and down the fence till they find a hole in the fence and can go around and get the food. It's always <laughs> scanning and looking. You know, are you beating your head against the wall? Or are you looking around? Okay, if this isn't the way, there's got to be a better way around here somewhere. <laughs> hmm
2: hmm hmm that's a great story. And the last key of excellence, the last
3: of the eight, is balance. And balance is about positive choices and keeping a healthy mind, body, spirit. And, you know, I used to in the past when we first talked about balance, thinking about, okay, it should be one-third personal, one-third work, one-third family or, you know, somewhere along those lines. And and then pretty soon I started feeling not good about myself. It's, wow, I'm not living my life that way because it's about fulfillment. It's about really knowing who you are, who your authentic self is, your passion, where you're going, and live every moment in the best for that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be periods of time where you are immersed in a project or a right. work and you're passionate about it. When well, there's time when you're family and you're just joyful and with them and what are we going to do? When you live every moment that way, you have this sense of feeling good about yourself and this fulfillment because to me, success is about feeling fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And for most people, it's living a life, a life that's committed, a life where you know what's important to you and you're passionate about and you you live those things and spend time on those things. And often it includes serving others and being of service and making a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, for most people, that is what fills them up and where they feel really good about themselves. So there is this sense of balance because you're feeling good about yourself because our schedules right now, I know yours as well. You know, there's travel, there's days you're getting up so early and going late at night, but when you're involved, people say, you know, because I work with my husband, Joe, and, and, you know, do you ever take vacations? Do you ever do anything? And I keep going. You know, we travel so much in our work, and we're always with people that are aligned with our values who we love to be with who are our partners, and we're, you know, all these experiences that we're doing... I said, it's just life. You know, yes, we're busy. Yes, we travel. And yeah. it's just life.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, um, you are,
2: speaking of projects, embarking on taking this to the next project level,
3: um, taking all of this online. Mm-hmm. So yes, we are. tell us about
2: this. So tell us about
3: this. Yes, it's the eight keys of excellence that embody so many of our concepts and strategies and all the things that we're training that make shifts in people's lives. And we teach it at our SuperCamp Youth Program, we teach it in schools, and uh, through our nonprofit, we're taking the curriculum and the activities and projects and putting them online so that they will be free, available to every family everywhere and to all schools, and that we'll have curriculum and activities to actually make those shifts in people's lives because We're wanting to get it out to everyone. So you could have families
2: who embrace this and follow this together. You could have classrooms
3: that embrace this and
2: follow this together, or whole
3: schools, right? Yes, absolutely, and we know that it does make a shift to more positive climate in schools and that there's a connectedness with the kids, and that is primary for character and behavior is that there's this sense of ownership and connectedness and sense of belonging and that's what the eight keys are doing for schools Mm. and for families there's activities but these are not activities to add another to do or another time block or i'm too busy these are activities that you intertwine in what you're already doing it could be a conversation at a meal driving in a car an outing that you're doing and so that it's not about, okay, I'll check off these, you know, X number of activities and I've completed. It's really about looking again and making a shift in mindsets and how you relate to each other because there was a major, major study done. It was a lifetime work from a university, a man in a university professor, and he said that there are only two direct links to improve character and behavior in kids. One is connectedness to school. And one of the best ways is through character education. And the next is relationship with one's family. And we're all so busy, and how many times do we just pass in the hallway and there could be a comment, an acknowledgment, mm-hmm. a different way of speaking mm-hmm. that can make a profound and deep impact in our families. And, who do, you know, we all want more joyful families no matter where we are. We right. can always be more joyful, more connected, having our kids be more solid in their values and who they are and us be the models that we need to be. So this is going to go live in a few weeks. Um, yes. How will people get connected to it? It will be um, on the excellence effect. So it would be right now our main website is uh, QLN, which is Quantum Learning Network. mm mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll have information about the launch of the Excellence Effect on that website so that they can find out about it uh, going to QLN or also SuperCamp.com. So
2: what is your goal with this? You have a very, very big goal with this.
3: It is a very big goal. You know, with our SuperCamp graduates, we have over 50,000 kids who have gone through the 10-day program who are living the eight keys of excellence. We've also trained over 55,000 teachers. Oh, in classroom that know the 8 keys of excellence who have reached over 5 million children already but our goal is in the next 5 years to be in 50 million families oh. living a life of excellence so through the 8 keys of excellence so it is a very big vision and goal and it has the power to shift shift the world it has
2: huge power to shift the world and bobby this is such inspiring work I am so honored to know you, and um, I I wish for you, and I, I may it be so that that the world embraces this, and families and organizations step into this. It, it is something that is so powerful. I am just so touched by this work. So thank you so much for being with us today. It's wonderful well, to have you, for you having here. having me. Appreciate and your website,
3: QLN.org.
2: Oh. I'm sorry, .com. Q? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Yes. Qln.com. QLN.com. And uh, you can learn more about that and the Excellence Effect from there. Thanks, Bobby DePorter, for being here with us today. And remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Sherla. Esposito.